I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Timothy Munro, the CEO and founder of Change Accountants and Advisors and founder and director of Change GPS. I've long admired Tim as one of the best minds in the accounting industry. He's done it all, co-founding his first accounting firm at the ripe old age of 19, having a genuinely life-changing impact on his clients, licensing his tools and processes to other firms through Change GPS, hosting his own events, and even playing drums in a funk and soul band, and jamming with multi-Grammy award-winning guitarist George Benson. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast my friend, Timothy Munro. Timothy Munro, welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. It's great to be here. Congratulations. You, you had a fantastic win at the uh, Zero Awards the other day. Do you want to, do you want to tell us uh, a bit about the process of that and what you won? And I'm sure thank your team as, as we should do the right thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for, for that. We, we won the 2022 Zero Practice App of the year for Australia, which is just absolutely fantastic. It is a a great recognition for our team who have done an amazing job. We've got a small team. Uh, We're up against Practice Ignition and Spotlight, who are two great companies, um, and they're all good friends of ours. We all get on really well. They've won this award in the past, so... Yeah, I've got to say, you've got to rotate it around a bit. (laughs) Yeah, so it's nice they did that. But look, during the whole COVID situation, Change CPS, the whole team did some amazing things to help accountants in Australia. We, we launched a business continuity plan and we think it was you know, a couple of hundred thousand times used across Australia by accountants for their clients and they charged for it and they helped keep the clients on track and help the accountants keep some money in the bank so they could keep going. And that just, I think, really helped so many accountants that weren't aware of us now we're on their radar and they thought, wow, what you guys did was so genuine and so helpful. Oh, look what else you're doing. And that just helped us to have you know, stellar growth. We've gone over 100% the last 12 months, which is, is you know, any fintech, you want to do that. We've just got to keep the foot down and keep on going and build on that. Yep. So what's the relationship? So, you know, for uh, for those that, that are sort of, you know, perhaps vaguely familiar with, with change and the branding, we're, Talk about the relationship between Change GPS and Change Accountants, and and how does all that work? And have, have you got any other thumbs in in pies around the Change brand, or, or how does all that hang together? Look, I set up my first accounting business in 1990 when I was 19, and straight from uni, and set up with a friend of mine, and we were like equal partners, and that went all the way through to about 2010. 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's a good stint. That's a good run. Was your co-founder still with you at that time? Look, he was, but we're at a stage there that I got an exposure to zero in 2008 and I was, I was always looking for the new, for how to do things better and we went through the whole, we went through the whole repaying Paul Dunn thing with results, spent, but learned a hell of a lot and you know, I have a lot of respect for Paul Dunn and um, other, other people that, that have been forward thinkers in our industry. And then... Exposed to zero, I think we're probably the third firm in Australia that started using in 2008, before it even had automatic bank feeds. You had to import the bank statements. They'd already been going, to, so they, they were to, uh, listed in 2006, so sort of going three years, right? 
at that stage, but, uh, you know, pr- primarily focused on New Zealand. And, and that, that must have been around the time Wayne Schmidt was was probably appointed in Australia, was he? <laughs> we started using it before Wayne was appointed in Australia. Even before Wayne, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I remember, you know, good, good old Wayne Schmidt there at the very beginning. So we, I was, that was the stage really where my business partner wanted to have your classic accounting business. And I was this more forward-thinking, love the cloud, and, you know, I, I think some in our business wanted to keep things on mob the way it always was or QuickBooks, and I wanted to launch in this new direction. And it gets to a point in life where, you know, I said to my business partner, and it's a tough conversation, but I said, look, you know, at our age, you want to do this and I shouldn't have to kind of bend to what you want to do and vice versa. I want to do this and you shouldn't have to move your comfort zone to what I want to do. So even though we've been in business 20-odd years, then, my suggestion is that we split, I'll leave, I'll find, I made it as easy as possible. He could take everything, keep the name, I'd set up a new business, new name, new premises. I think I took about a third of the clients, the ones that I was you know, super close to. I just want to make it easy and, and move move out. So that's when I set up Change Accounts and Advisors in 2011 to be a, a cloud-only business fully based on on using Xero and whatever other cloud products I could find. So I just didn't want to have a server and all the progress that goes with that. Now, Change GPS was was based on something that we half did with Count Financial. Barry Lambert saw what we did in our business and said, wow, this is great. We should license this out to others. So back in 2016, I actually bought my entire business back from Count Plus, which included Change GPS. And that's when we started putting a lot of money into going to the third version of our platform where we, we rebuilt it from scratch. You had a dev team come along, set that up. I remember talking to you at, the, at that time and that, 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 was, that wasn't that easy, was it? There was a bit of a – I know you don't swear, so I, so I can for both of us, but um, that was a difficult time for you. It was a bit of a shit show in, in, at certain junctures, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, look, nothing is ever easy. To do anything good in life, to, to make money, help. There's, there's no easy approach. So, yeah, we had ups and downs with trying to work out various things, the best way to do things. But fortunately, like I had, I had a very clear mind in my mind what I wanted to do. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all about helping accountants to better communicate the value of what they do to their clients. So you monetize your advice you can charge what you should be charging for that work. And your clients in the end of the day, it's, it's helping accountants with the words and the tools to report to their clients and explain things. So they, they really get the respect back from the clients and the clients really value what they do. That's something that you know that I'm passionate about. Did you think that that count wasn't wasn't sort of helping you along the way? Was that the issue? Well, like count financial before they take it over by CBA are great. From a wealth point of view, so it wasn't really that, but when, when we're owned by Count Plus, they just didn't understand, I think, what we were doing and how we were doing it. And they wanted to de-risk and go just to, you know, not owning a software company as part of it and everything else like that. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a tough time to get through that and to negotiate and to, to extricate. Again, uh, you've got to go through the tough stuff to be able to get to where you want to go. And, and we've, we've just boomed since then, which has been great. And so how, how many staff in, in each of those businesses now? Actually, the Change GPS fintechs outgrown the accounting. We've got 15 in accounting and 16 in Change GPS now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so now, you, now you're formally a software. 
entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, formally. Who, who would have thunk it? I know, I know. So we've got our accounting firm, we've got our, our wealth advisory firm, which we're just beefing up in a big way. We've got a few announcements coming out soon about that with a few people that are joining us and groups that are going to make it a lot bigger. Because we're finding that a big push we'll be having in Australia for the next period of time with some new apps we're bringing out is we're actually creating a thing called a wealth transfer plan. You know, in Australia we talk about estate planning, but you don't want to have money in your estate because people can attack it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why do we talk about estate planning if the best result is zero in the estate? Well, you're dead <laughs> for a start. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't spend it when you're dead. <laughs> you can spend it now. So um, we're building this wealth transfer plan app and to make it super easy for our accountants to help their clients to understand how, how to transition this and how to keep your money in your family bloodline. And so that, doing things like that. Yeah, don't have a mistress. There you go. There's, there's, a, there's a good start. <laughs> don't get divorced. Yeah, don't get divorced. <laughs> Choose wisely the first time, yeah. That's right. Good advice from, from two fathers. There you go, to their daughters. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I was just talking in another interview about this earlier. You know, accountants are so focused on helping their clients to legally reduce their tax. No one's to pay tax. But you know what? If I said to all the clients of accounting firms out there, unless you do proper wealth transfer planning and asset protection, next year there's going to be 100%, it could be 100% tax on your assets, not your income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is Australia going to the... Is Australia going to the, to the left like the, like the Democrat? Don't you have a right-wing government? Is it, what happened? <laughs> They're broke. They spend. They spend it all on job seeker. <laughs> they need. They need to find some more. I think all the governments all over the world. You don't left ring, white ring. Everyone's kind of like all over the place and frustrating the um, the mums and dads around the place that just want a bit of stability and want a bit of sensibility rather than all the ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with common sense, mate. Oh no, there's none. That's not very common, especially in the leader in the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we could have a whole. We, well, let's not do a climate change discussion, given that that's coming up soon on on an accounting podcast. That that'll upset upset my team. Well, one thing I really enjoy talking to to you about is is the success that not only you've had, of course, but but also with your businesses and the change, particularly the change business that you've got going at the moment. But but the success of your clients, you've got some amazing clients. Don't name names, but or you can if you want, I guess. Give them a shout out. Give us a couple of stories, a story or two about just working with somebody that you've worked with for a long time and had some amazing success in, in their business or in their life or in their family. Look, there, there, there's a lot. When I'm the sort of business that focuses on, I suppose, a vertical market or anything like that, we, we love helping anyone, big or small, that's got that spark about them, they want to do something well. And, and their values, they're, they're a decent, nice person. I think one of the biggest things in business I'm finding is that things work well when you've got a similar value set. So that's why within, you know, Change TPS, you know, when David Boy came on board, like we've both got a very similar value set, different religion, but similar value set. And we get on so well. And similarly with yourself, that's why we got on. We got a very similar value. Yeah, our religion's different too. <laughs> exactly. We love our kids. We, we're passionate about our software, the work that we do helping people, passionate about our team. We want to work with other people in the industry that are nice. And we both know there's some, you know, some organisations, some some people that 
I can say it. I, I'm allowed to say it on the podcast. <laughs> assholes. We, it's, life's too short to work with assholes. That's exactly right. So it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's wonderful when you can work with people that might be in different businesses, but you're, you've got that same value between you. And, and that's, I think, with, with clients, it's a very similar thing. I just, I'm going to tell you interesting. So I just sacked my largest client four weeks ago, $350,000 a year plus in fees. What happened was he really started pushing us to go harder and harder on reducing his tax. And it's really interesting. Some people have just got a feeling. It's almost like that they feel that that they, they shouldn't pay the same tax that others do. And look, none of us want to pay tax, but we know that the corporate rate in Australia this year is like twenty five percent. You can't be lower than that. If you if you're taking out more than you know certain tax rates, you might end up paying an, an average rate of tax twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, or whatever. But you can't. Get, and this client felt that he should, you know, at the end of the day, pay more, no more than fifteen percent, and wanted to get it down to that. Well. When I explained how, you know, we had actually, with all the write-offs and other things like that, we've effectively got him down to 15% of, you know, revenue. Some portions, yeah, yeah. But he was really pushing for more and wanted us to go back in prior years and adjust things. And he'd been through sets of accounts. And he sent all this stuff for us to go through because he's sure that other accounts hadn't claimed things properly. And so we went through and we had a look. And when I looked at some prior year returns... It was amazing that the financials showed millions of dollars of profits, yet once everything had flowed through at the end of the day, there's only a very small amount of tax pay, like less than a tenth of the profits for a couple of years. That sounds pretty aggressive anyway. This is just not right. So I, I, I chatted to him about it and he just changed the subject, didn't want to talk about it, and I brought it up again and he got very testy about it. And we spoke about this as our team. And, you know, from a value position. Or value, values perspective, yeah. Yeah. And, and when people like that, they don't change. And they would put us under intense pressure to do something we wouldn't want to do in the future. And I thought my team, some of the team had seen these financials, had seen what he had done. There was, it appeared to be a deliberate under-reporting of profits over a space of a couple of years, many millions of dollars. Then I thought... This client does not have the value set that we have, and it's a big call to make to call to to fire your big client. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a couple of people in fees that you <laughs> that you're short, right? <laughs> At the same token, our team it sent a message to my team: we don't put up with this. We're not going to do you know assist and, and like we're not reporting. Maybe it's gone back a number of years. He'll get found out in the future, hundred percent. Yeah, the karma bustle will sort him. Yeah, but, but but the thing is, at the end of the day, I, I explained to him, our values aren't the same. You've chosen to do that. I'm not judging you, but I cannot and my team permit my team to work with someone that wants to do that. It was such a defining moment for our team because they know that's the way I roll. Yeah, but when the rubber hits the road and, and you're kick, kicking out more than a quarter of a million bucks out of your business, you know, that they... they well, I'm sure they're very thankful for that for you and your value system that that your actions speak louder than words, right? You're standing up to the to the values that you instill in the team. But so many people will just, you know, yeah, we can't afford to lose that. <laughs> but see, my thing is like we are in control of our clients, and that's why our mutual friend James Ashford, I love what he says so often. Like we need to educate our clients 
Too many accountants allow themselves to be bulldozed by their clients. And it happens again and again and again. <laughs> you should speak to Bruce. He'll probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> oh, no, accountants strike back. This is in control of your business and your clients. And what I've always said is when you remove a client, now we sack bad clients once a month. When you remove a client, it creates a vacuum in your business and you always end up sucking back into that something better. And the day after I sacked him, that a phone call from a client who's been a, a friend for 20 years, he's been struggling to get things over the line and he's just pulled off one of the biggest international trade deals that I'm aware of. It's just insane. And the fees that will come through from that, and he rang me the day after and he owes me some money and I've kept on because I trust the guy and believe him. The fees will get through from that work will more than cover this. And it happened the day after. And not just that, a second client like that the week after as well. And our team go, how does this happen? How does the world, how does the universe operate like that? <laughs> well, I said, if you move out something that's just not fitting, if you have the guts to do that, there's a vacuum created and you suck better stuff coming back in. Just to say to accountants out there, have the guts to stand up for your own values, set an example to your team. Easy to say that's what we do, but when it comes down, at the end of the day, those fees, it's not going to affect my team. It's going to affect my bottom line. So it's, it's me that's effectively losing. But I'm not going to take money on the basis of it being knowing that someone's involved in the wrong thing. Yeah, and, you, and Liechtenstein's not that good this time of year anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's just funny. But we've got so many clients. Like we've had doctors that have been with us for 20 years just loving what we're do- doing. We're finding now because we, we, we do our tax planning so well each year using, obviously, Chain GPS Tax Plan Plus as a bit of a product, that when it comes to finishing the end-year accounts, the end-of-year meeting, is it, we take it's a lunch and a chat and a cut. They don't explain the tax because they already know that. And we've already it's, – it's just such an easy process moving forward with everything. So I'm just educating our clients, training them what to expect and staying super close to them. Now, we don't, we're not perfect. Um, yeah, there's always, there's always issues. <laughs> it's still a service business at the end of the day, right? It is. And and as an owner of that, I need to keep repeating this. It's, we call it repetition for emphasis. I keep repeating to our team. Four o'clock in the day, check your emails. If you haven't responded, make certain you get back to a client saying, listen, I haven't got back to you. I'm going to get back to you midday tomorrow with this. I just want to let you know I've got your message. Or if you can't get a job done, you know, you jump on the carb and you find you're kind of missing that due date, contact the client. Let them know. Hey, listen, this has taken longer. This is why I just want to keep you in the loop. And sometimes even, you know, it's a signful thing, the story about nothing, just to pick up and talk to a client, listen, I've got no update for you. I just want to let you know this, this, everything's under control. No update, but it's all good. I love that. Accountants of today don't pick up the phone, do they? Not in my experience, but... Look, we need to go old school. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Just pick up the phone have a lunch. We'll go, go to a nice Brisbane River lunch and that, that's, where, that's where all the business should be done. That's where I absolutely do my best work. Look, you know, in our office we've got Gemma and Emily. They love carbon. Gemma is your biggest fan in Australia, seriously. Like if, if we stop using carbon, she'd leave. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Being able to see where things are due and then keep people in the loop. And, and what I tell to my team about accountants these days, just they just want to push Send. Oh, it's done. And they can get off and get. They don't want to pay. And our whole thing is push send, pick up the phone. You have to talk a client through it because clients 
read what they want to read. You can send a client an email and say anything. Yeah, three three different items in a in a long list. I'm going to pick up on the one that annoys me the most, probably. <laughs> exactly. So you need to actually pick up the phone. So I've just sent you this, dude. I've got five minutes. Let me read through it. And you know what? Read through that with them. And this sounds really strange. Read through the email with them. So now what that means to it is this, this, this. Is that okay with you? Do you, do you and, and once you've done that, you'll find that the connection with the client is so good. And, you know, even if it's like if it's, if it's good news, if it's bad news, you need to have you need to go through it with the client. Have that in writing. Talk to them about it. That's where many accountants fail. And as an accounting firm owner, I need to keep reminding my team are great, but you know what? I remind them three times a week. We have a team meeting at nine forty-five. Here's Microsoft Teams. We've got a team all over the country. We all talk the three parts of our business talk, and I remind them the same things time, time again. Follow up, make sure everyone's contacted by four o'clock, you know, or check at four o'clock, don't let any hangover go. If if there's a client that if there's something missed, let me know. We'll work with the client together. It's just that that service we've got to really maintain. It is a truism and and working with you for for so long, you know, you, you've you've done such a good job in setting expectations and and creating such value for clients that you know, that you have put yourself in the and given yourself the capacity to make these decisions that you as a person and you as a, as a company, you know, feel the right to make because you've got a fee structure, you've got a scoping structure that allows you to, you know, be selective with your clients, right? Like that, that you know, so many firms don't just don't have those fundamentals in place for for ninety percent of firms, maybe I don't know, maybe maybe more. You know, lo- a loss of fee, you know, to lose your largest customers is is you know basically unbearable, and they couldn't bring themselves to make that decision like you have. So, as you pointed out before, James Ashford is is always on about this. But you know, be, creating value is not just about what it, what the services cost. Everybody has got to be in that client partner or that client accounting relationship to win. Right, if if your margins get so skinny that you can't make decisions like that, and and you know, like you've got a great business. Imagine if that, you know, if imagine if you had to let two people go in your staff or three people go because you sacked that client, right? Like that makes those decisions so much harder. And and not many firms get themselves into the place where they can make those decisions with confidence. It's a dramatic difference in life. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. There. I, I... It's great when you get to a point when you can make those decisions because you, you do feel free. Everyone has so many expectations on us in life, isn't it? And and you get to a point where you can you do everything because everyone else's expectations and you're actually not living life yourself and you're not happy. But when when you can truly make those calls and not be bound by everyone else's expectations, you do feel free and that's when you can do your best work. And I, I think too often accounting firm owners aren't, they're not thinking that the primary reason that firm exists is for them and their family. At the end of the day, you're going to make a profit. It's about me and my family. And I know we love our team, And but if, if I have to fire people so I can keep profits a certain level so my family can continue, I'll do that. I think too many accountants don't make hard decisions and they kind of think, I can't do that. I can't move that person on if they're not performing or if business isn't going well. 
But you've got to think, number one, you and your family, your family mm-hmm. and you. You Look, your family is your number one client of your firm. So yeah. you've got to make that decision. And I always will. Uh, that's something that I've always yeah. said. Now, I don't want to fire anyone. Uh, we're growing. We're hiring yeah. more accountants. Yeah. But you've got to be strong enough to actually make the hard calls when you need to. In the past, I haven't early enough. I'm learning I'm getting better at that. Yeah, we, we all get better with that stuff at, with age. <laughs> it definitely does help. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, to have the guts to make that decision. I think that's why within Change GPS, you know, so many accounts are loving what we're doing because we're actually giving them the oomph to actually make a decision and do things both for their clients to offer new services and offer, you know, different things and also how to run things within your team and to make certain that it's productive and and delivering things that clients want. And also I think pushing accountants out of their comfort zone, they so just want to stick to the tax and the, the GST and the financial statements. But a big push we have in Australia come up is with this wealth transfer plan. Like accountants understand their clients better than anyone else. They do, and yet they think, oh, they're estate painted lawyers. Well, the lawyer botches it up nine times out of ten unless they're an estate painting expert because they don't take into account your, your, your business structures and everything else. So there's different ways that accounts can actually give this advice and partner with people so they can help things help get better off, which is good. You're a, a family that loves to travel, travel fast too sometimes in red cars. <laughs> well, A, what's the latest vehicle? And now B... You know, with Australia finally, finally, finally ringing Joe Biden and getting a couple of vaccines down there so that you can can actually operate like a normal country again. <laughs> what, what, what are the travel plans for 2022? <laughs> oh, a couple of big questions. Latest vehicle is a silver Ferrari Roma. Oh, the Roma, I see. I, I, the Aston's gone, is it? Aston Martin DB11 has has moved on, so Ferrari Roma. Right, moved to the moved to the big Aston Martin hole in the sky. Yeah, no, it was a great car, but um, Ferrari Roma is the best car I've ever had. It's just beautiful to drive. Yeah, like we've done some marketing work with you know, some of the you know car dealers around the place, and um, got to know all the people there really well, and just. And having a vehicle like that, we've actually you know, we get clients because of having those vehicles. So it's it's a great you know marketing tool. I don't claim any of it as a tax deduction because you can't, unfortunately. <laughs> but because of having that that sort of vehicle and people talk, you know, the dealers talk, and you end up picking up clients, so it makes it worthwhile. So it's it's a terrible conversation for for two old men to have, but. Um... I'll give you a race. Happy to happy to race the Roma at any at any at any point in time. I'll be on the other side of the road though, so don't hit me. <laughs> With your Tesla, hey? Yeah, I, I won't make as much noise as you do. I won't look as good as you do, but might get to the end of the quarter mile a bit quicker. You would after five runs, but when the batteries start to get hot, we'll see how we go. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll be there all day until you finally beat me, and I've stopped halfway. <laughs> that would be fun to do one day. But um, coming on the travel plans, look, Savannah's 11 and three quarters. She turns 12 in, in March. We'll wait and get her Pfizer jabs then. Don't want to travel until she has those. And then I reckon our first trip, we used to go overseas once a quarter and we really missed that. So we're just going up to Sofitel Musa every school holidays at the moment, which is a beautiful spot. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> yes. I reckon our first overseas trip will be Honolulu. We'll go to Maui, Honolulu. July 2022, I'd like to be over there for 4th of July. They've got great fireworks on, on Waikiki Beach there. 
they've got great like Fourth of July sales and everything. So we'll stock up in the clothes and the outlet stores. And um, I reckon that'll be our first overseas. And then maybe at the end of the year, I'd love to go back to Fiddler at the Maldives again. That'd be great. So I reckon they're the, they're the two. Maybe sneak in a Queenstown, New Zealand in between. How about you? We didn't do too badly this year. Mexico, Mexico is great. Well, but the problem, you know, we've got three kids, right? So lugging a three-year-old around the world is is not my idea of a holiday <laughs> as much as I love him. So we, we we try and keep it pretty local. I mean, there's so much to do from uh, Lake Tahoe and out of Reno. We went down to Mexico for a bit and that was good and um, got the girls doing some surfing. And, yeah, we, we, we actually went to Maui this year and, and, and Maui or all of Hawaii was really safe. We thought, you know, their their COVID. I mean, America's. We can, I, I guess, that Australia sort of stuffed up its vac- vaccination program, but US fucked up the whole thing astronomically more. But uh, out of all of the US, Hawaii did a really good job. You know, it was sort of testing before you went, and and then when you got there, and and uh, you had to be vaccinated. All of that. So so that was good, and and I think you'd feel very safe. There, especially in another six months, and get out of an Aussie winter and up into a up into a Hawaii summer. That'll be nice. We'll go and watch the whales and everything. That's um, Maui's wonderful. Now our family love going there. We've been there many times and can't wait to go back. Yeah, well, the whales are still there. Don't worry, they're waiting for you. <laughs> That's good. You might have to meet me in Singapore for a Grand Prix one year as well. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Singapore. The the uh, Austin Grand Prix was um, looked pretty good, didn't it? That was brilliant. It's a great track there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't quite uh, want to put more economy into Texas than I have to with, with their stance on a few things at the moment, but um, the, the Grand Prix did look pretty good. I, I, I mean, have you done the Monaco Grand Prix? I mean, that's that's got to be a... No, that's on the bucket list as well, so I'd love to do that. Yeah. You're a much more rev head than I am, but um, and we did that Melbourne Grand Prix one year together, and that was great fun, and... Yeah, if I was ever going to do a, a, a Grand Prix, a Monaco one would be all right. <laughs> I agree. You can stop by in Liechtenstein on the way home to, to move, your, move your taxes around. <laughs> well, look, at the end of the day, that's why we do what we do. Like, it's life's about experiences and enjoying things. And you now, while we're not going on holidays, we're using our money. We go out you know, Friday, Saturday nights, different restaurants around town, little books are seen, and Savannah's, you know trying different foods and, and doing things. And that's what it's all about, enjoying. And we, that's what we say to people. So many people think you've got to save for your retirement, you know, and you can't spend money. It's all got to go away and you see your plans, whatever. Are you, are you ever going to retire? You're not going to retire, are you? I'm not going to retire, but you know what? One eye for now, one eye for the future. You've got to spend money now. You've got to enjoy life now and you've got to have a plan and you can do both at once. And that is the best financial advice a client could ever get. If you weren't doing uh, the change group at companies, what would you want to be doing? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have actually never pondered that. I think, though, no, I haven't because it's just one of these. I think I would look to do something with like-minded people, you know, similar values, people are positive and happy. Again, something that goes down to, to helping people. Um, I think I've got a skill set that I, I've learned from others that we need to clearly communicate and explain things. And that's something I'm passionate about, helping people to understand why they should do something or how they could be better off. And that sort of thing, it's almost not that it's like, you know, process design or industrial design or anything like that, but it's 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 communication. That's something that really fascinates me. And I, I think I look for something in that area to help to find an industry or, or a process that 
isn't communicated well and be able to help people to do that so at the end of the day people are better off. That's what I enjoy. There you go. Not that you asked, but I'll tell you anyway, here's, here's my uh, prophecy that, you know, sort of what's happening today is, you know, nearly every company is a technology company. I think in, in 10, 15 years, maybe, maybe 20, hopefully not so long, but uh, I think nearly every company is going to be a climate reduction company or a, you know, emissions reduction company or emissions, emissions valued company, something like that. I think, you know, the impact on climate change or the impact on the earth from climate change is so significant and it's, and it's getting so much uh, attention now that, um, you know, we're going to overshoot all the, all the, uh, the estimates by, by not getting um, emissions down quick enough and, and the, the cost to, you know, bring sort of escalate the recovery is going to be so significant that there's just the capital piling into, you know, emissions reduction and all those kinds of technologies is fascinating. So that's why we called it carbon. No, that's not why we call it carbon. But I think... (laughs) 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 We might keep the name one day. But, yeah, if I wasn't doing doing carbon, I'd be doing carbon. There you go. Well, I've just seen here in Australia that they're not going to start uh, reducing their beef, you know, to stop the methane. I need my barbecues. I love that. So, um, have you tried an Impossible Burger or the, the the veggie burgers? Oh no! Go on, you can do it. You can do it. It's, you know, you know what? You know what is really good. You're really good is uh, that they do a ground beef like a bolognese with the Impossible Burger is is uh, right up there, right up there. Even even if you can't do a steak yet, <laughs> I love my steak. I tell you. It's hard to drink a, a big red with a veggie burger, isn't it? I've never, I've never tried that. I think I've tried it. But, yeah, look, it's fascinating where the world's going. And, and I was just talking earlier with someone, the, the amount of money that's just being poured into various things like this and poured into renewable you know, energy and, and everything else. And what, what's happened here in Australia with JobKeeper, with the billions that have just been put in to keep things you know, going? Just treading water, right? Like the, the debt to the next generation is enormous. <laughs> yeah, but it does it. And see, this is the whole thing that, you know, if one country, I'm going to try my economics 101, which I'll probably fail dismally on, but I haven't had anyone really explain this to me, but if one country does a lot worse than another country and there's a lot of borrowings there. You can understand why there's, you know, change in currencies and interest rates, but it has to be paid back. But the whole world's been in the poo. The whole world is just borrowing and printing money. The whole world. If the whole world's in the same position, no one's better off. Is it actually going to, does the money have to be paid back? Will it ever be paid back? Now, I can see that it does, but you know what, if they can't pay it back, what do they do? They'll print some more, like send some more credit or they'll do whatever. Here's a good one for you. There's a book by um, Stephanie Kelton, I think, Stephanie Kelton called The Deficit Myth. And her, her argument to just propose is that the that is all true. That is all true. But currencies like the US currency, because they can more or less, well, they control the world's, well, until they bloody default on it, right? And as long as while they control the essentially the world's currency, they can actually print more money. But countries like Australia and and those that are pegged or monitored against, you know, baselined against others will find it much more difficult. So 
What happens if the whole world goes bankrupt? I mean, there you go. There, there's an esoteric question for all of us. <laughs> well, you know what? Nothing. It's going to continue. Greece wasn't that flash when it went broke. No. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't running over to Nick Nikonos. Nick and <laughs> See, if it's, if it's the whole world at roughly the same time, you know, or if America can't pay it back its debts or China can't, like... I think they'll have to sell Alaska to China just to pay back the, the trillions that they owe them. <laughs> well, America just say I'm not paying anything back. What are they going to do, take Joe and <laughs> oh, take Joe hostage until he pays it? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Like on those movies when they go in and they, you know, White House down, you know, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Imagine old Joe getting dragged, getting hostage out of the White House. <laughs> uh. But it's, it's, it's crazy times that we're even talking about this sort of stuff. The, the financial side of things has just turned on its head, and that's that's why like we're talking, and I have no idea. And the crazy thing is, no one has any idea. That's the absolute crazy thing. Everyone's writing books about it. everyone's. You know, proposition what's going to happen if inflation goes up or this or that. All we can possibly do is create value for the accountants in the world and therefore go on and create value for their customers and, uh, and see them successful because what we do know more than anything else is accountants just love helping people. They love seeing their friends and their clients become successful. And if you and I can do our tiny bit in that part of the world, then you know, we, we, we have uh, hopefully contributed positively. <laughs> I love that. Totally endorse that. Love what you and the Carbon team have done. Can't wait to see what you've, you've got coming up. I know you've got some amazing things in the pipeline, which we can't wait. There's a big announcement um, in the next couple of weeks and uh, hopefully we can, well, I don't know whether we'll be able to celebrate in person, but uh, maybe they'll let me in in, in January. Maybe, maybe they'll, uh, they'll, they'll allow me, me and my vaccinated status to, to come down and see you guys. But if you're in January, you know I've got the, the steak and red wine teed up for our long lunch. Oh, yes, 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 the, the never-ending lunch. And it, we'll, make, we'll make it a steak from an animal. We, I won't insist on a, on, a, on, a, on a veggie burger. Otherwise, I'll be drinking the processed rice and you won't have cordial. But anyway, <laughs> but no, I love what you're doing. Thank you, mate. Thank you. We, likewise, we, we love everything that the Change Team does and hope to catch up in person soon. And Timothy Munro, thank you for being such a fantastic guest on the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.